Hey guys, welcome to the Think Sports podcast. Today our guest is Viraj. Viraj is currently pursuing sports journalism at St. Mary's Twickenham. He is also the cricket editor at the Sports Gazette. Um, welcome to our show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, Rick. What an honor. I always thought if when I when I started university, one day I want to be on Think Sport podcast. Because all you do is Think Sport. That's great. I can't <laughs> believe he's moved into comedy uh, already. But okay, so so Viraj, why don't you talk to us about your journey into university, into kind of moving uh, into the niche that is sports journalism? How you got there? How you kind of uh, uh, what so motivated you to sports journalism? Yeah, so I'll give a little background on myself. Uh, personally, before I get into why I got into sports journalism, so people can have an idea of what was my thought process behind getting into that. So I uh, I play. I used to play. Well, I still play cricket now. But back when I was up, uh, doing my after while my I was doing my undergrad, I was playing cricket seriously enough. Uh, towards the end of my undergrad, I broke my shoulder in 2017. I was out for a long time. Didn't think I'd play cricket ever again. Uh, during my rehab, uh, I found out that there's an opening at Star Sports to work in the live events team. Uh, so through people I knew who already were working there, I put in an put in my application. I got an internship with them for the first three months. I interned with them. I really enjoyed it, and then they offered me a full time role. Uh, I did that for about a year. I uh, I managed MS Dhoni at a live event. I managed Anil Kumble, Harbhajan Singh, and I wrote scripts for Gaurav Kapoor, who does his own podcast. I'm sure everyone knows who he is. He's big into cricket. He used to host football locker room as well on ESPN. I remember that. So um, I I did all of that. I really enjoyed it. But then I moved to UK for work. Like I started working in fashion. Um, a year into that, I kind of realized that. I really enjoyed working in sports, and that's what I want to pursue. But I also realized that I wanted to. Um, so I I started doing a lot of research about what I can do in sports within this country in the UK, because I didn't want to move back. Because I got tired of moving countries. I used to, I moved from uh, I moved three cities in the last three years, so I didn't want to move again. Uh, so I found out that there's a co- there are two courses in this country for sports journalism, which are accredited by NCTJ, which is the National Council for Training of Journalists. Uh, so there's University of Sunderland and there's Saint Mary's Twickenham. So if you get uh, if so all the uh, news reporters that are on Sky Sports News have this degree, the NCTJ degree, it holds great value because it's basically a stamp saying you're ready to work in the industry now. So if you have that. Uh, if you have that double degree, it's uh, along with a master's in sports journalism, uh, you can work in the field basically, and jobs become become more widely available to you. So I applied to Saint Mary's because it was in London. I didn't want to go to Sunderland because it was again far off, and I didn't want to move that far. So Twickenham was my first choice. I got called in for an interview, and my um, obviously my internship and one year at Star really helped me and got me that job offer. Uh, and the fact that I played cricket at a high enough level and I knew people in cricket kind of also helped my application. So that's how I landed up here and I'm here now. So um, you talk about your work with Star and this and that, but it's also important to mention um, you had a podcast of your own, the Desi Trip podcast. Yeah. Where you had Manoj Tiwari on, you kind of interviewed him, spoke to him about. Um, his playing career, things like that. Now you interviewed Kapil Dev as well. How does that play into you, or 
when you were doing Manoj Tiwari, you weren't in college yet. Did that play into kind of your decision? Things like that. I already got accepted into university in January. So this is even before lockdown. So the Daisy Trip podcast or something started in March or mid-April. I don't remember exactly. But that was just in lockdown. Akshay, who I do do the podcast with, we were just uh, hanging out like on the phone. And we were like, dude, it'd be so funny if you recollected our school days. Okay, so that's how it started. So we did the first episode with one of our classmates from school. We just did an episode called School Stories. And like, we didn't know how many people watch it. We thought 50, 60 friends would watch it maximum. But it got 600 something views from our school itself. So we were like, oh wow, people actually want to, don't mind and they have free time. So that slowly developed into more stories like that. We started doing some fun stuff. But then Akshay and I both consciously decided that, you know, so many people are listening and the entire time, I think the Black Lives Movement took off. Uh, so I, we were like, you know, we should also try and uh, educate ourselves. We are spending one, we const- uh, two hours a week. We were constantly spending doing research on things, you know, editing the podcast and stuff. So we were like, if you are investing so much time in it, why not make something meaningful rather than stupid content, right? So and we wanted it to be a balance of fun as well as something serious. So we decided we'll start emailing five people a day. Like five random people who have blue ticks who've achieved something in their life and maybe try and get a bit on their journeys. So we uh, wanted to interview Shrest, who's one of my mentors, who's a sports journalist himself, works at ESPN Cricket Info. And he told me, why are you interviewing me? Why don't you want to interview a cricketer? And I was like, but I don't know anyone who would want to come on to a nascent podcast, which has just been there for a month or two months. He's like, I'll talk to Manoj Tiwari, he'll come. And so I was like, okay, I'll, okay, man, if he'll come, that'll be big. So he gave me Manoj Tiwari's number, said leave him a text and say that I got it from Shrest and he'll call you. So he rung me and I was like, so will you do this? And he was really chill about it. So we got him to come on and he was so fucking friendly. I was like, dude, this is amazing. So that's how it started. And then we're like, oh, if we can get Manoj Tiwari on, then we can get more people on. And that's slowly how I got. uh, So two of the 1983 World Cup winning squad, uh, I got Madan Lal first and now Kapil Dev. That's always been like it's all like building it step by step. We have a question about uh, sports journalism in general because I was listening to this podcast where uh, James McNicholas was talking about uh, how important it is to have uh, an established network if you want to get into this line as opposed to just regular journalism if you're just reporting on you know current events and stuff you could just do it independently like even freelance or you know. Even if you're working for a newspaper, you don't need to have that uh, strong a contact base. Uh, but for guys like I'm talking about from an Arsenal fans point of view, David Ornstein and, and James McNicholas are the two biggest names. But they are like very well known even inside the club. So he was talking about how important that is. What in your opinion uh, is the difference between regular journalism and sports journalism? What have you noticed in your experience? How important... Is it to have an established contact? The thing is that even we were told on our first day in class that uh, sports, it's all about building your network. The thing is, uh, normal journalism, it's all out there. You're reporting on live events that are happening in front of you. Those are facts that is there for everyone, the general public to see. But in sports, it's still a closed, it's still a closed system. Like you have to be involved with the sports club. You have to know people. You have to know the agents. So like a, f- a basic example is Fabrizio Romano, right? He he talks about transfers now that are not even not even happened yet, but he'll tell you a week in advance if it's going to happen or there is a chance of it happening. And now people trust him, right? 
so the thing is it works both ways you need to have good contacts but those people also need to see value in being your contact so for example an agent will not is not giving fabrizio romano details because they think that oh he's great they're giving him details because they think getting that word out there creates a pressure on the other clubs to also put in a bid or increase his value the player x's value so it sports is just like the, it, the these facts aren't out there where online can you see which players on the market like transfermarket.com but even then that's not reliable there's no way of actually knowing what is actually going on within sports and that's just football so imagine other sports like cricket we don't know what's going on between cricket in like in ipl teams we don't really know it all comes out through the press officers the media agencies there's so that's why it's important to have these contacts in sports because what's happening in front of you on live tv or in front of you is not as normal journalism you can just report on that from that place rather than actually having to call up people so i i had an interesting question about journalism as a whole and since we're going to enter the field uh soon i want to hear your take on it so in in an age where social media is so prevalent and it's like this twitter culture where you know you have your 256 characters only right we're moving towards uh a system where it's very headline heavy right news is very headline heavy and sports news especially you know you just see okay this player going here for this much um things like that what what do you think journalism like how where do you think it's going do you think we're going to reach a stage where it's not going to be you know like detailed articles that let it posting that stuff and it's just going to be super headline heavy just multiple tweets or like i want to just know your opinion on i think there's a market for everything obviously with because internet uh, progressing and internet being so big there's always a rush to be first but not enough people want to verify the information before posting it there can be five different outlets telling you ozil went from real madrid to arsenal within the first 5 minutes of it happening but uh, someone like so there's a market for everything if there's a person like you who loves arsenal and wants to know why he chose arsenal over say manchester city or manchester united you'd want you wouldn't mind waiting a day to read something that details out why that move transpired right so but i think slowly that market is becoming smaller and smaller because it's all about the here and now news becomes like news becomes really old so quickly like that's why i think newspapers are going out of fashion because newspapers contain the news of the previous day right not of that day and by the time newspapers come out to your house or whatever you've already read that news 5 6 times in different places so there's nothing new being added so the only way i think it is to understand your niche market and detailed i don't think ever detailed reports will ever go out but i think the market's becoming smaller because people's attention spans are also getting smaller nobody wants to well not nobody but there are very few people who really want to take time out and actually spend their time reading an article which is 1000 words or 1200 words yeah, i think that's what i had noticed with like the the whole like new age where where we know just like very surface level information about everything that's happening and this is not just the sports industry this is across industries i feel like people have also we talking about internet journalism bro clickbait is a big problem uh, people will 
and you see that a lot on Instagram. I don't know if you follow anything, but so during the when obviously I follow IPL, so that's ma- ma- major for me. So you'll see a lot of these small pages which aren't actually news websites, but they're created owned by someone in somewhere. He'll so there'll be a photo of a cricketer which is definitely a copyright breach, and then there'll be like uh, it'll be like quotes uh, to find out. Rohit Sharma said, "What go to our story?" And it's like, dude, why? You're just that's not news. <laughs> it's clickbait. So understanding the fine balance and is very important today. I feel like we as consumers also need to be careful of what we are doing because we are empowering these pages and by because that's there's someone who's taken that photo and they're not getting compensated for the photo they've taken. So. Let's talk about the Sports Gazette because that's something you're doing currently right now. You're working as a cricket editor at yeah. the Sports Gazette. So let's talk about your experiences there as a journalist in the field. Um, I've recently only started. It's been less than three weeks now. I'm co-editing with Monty Panesar. I don't know if you know who he is. He's played over 50 test matches for England. Uh, so... Uh, it's actually just we cover, we can write about whatever. It's owned by a course director. So the newspaper is owned by a course director. It's not for profit. So we write for free and we don't get any money out of it or anything. But it's just basically, it's part of the grind. So we've always, whenever you start out, you're told that it's about, you know, you take up jobs because you're building the, uh, you're, you're building your CV or whatever. So it's been it's been great so far. I get to learn a lot from him himself and from my course director and the other writers. We are a bunch of eighteen or twenty two writers, I think, something like that. And uh, it's it's really nice because you get to learn actually how newsroom works. We have one editorial meeting a week, and I've never been to an editorial meeting before this because I've ne- never written for a paper. I've always been like on a TV set kind of thing, writing scripts. But this is like a completely different experience. And what we have learned so far is that you need to be well-rounded to get a job in this industry because it's so cutthroat. Now, if you just want to write or if you just want to do TV, you can't survive. You need to be able to do TV. You need to be able to edit, sound edit, uh, like even edit videos, edit photos, write as well as speak in front of a camera. Uh, So I just want to know what went into your uh, decision. Uh, when you chose to do sports journalism, journalism in the UK, where do you see yourself? Like, do you hope to uh, continue working in the UK, or uh, the you want to go back to India, work there? Because you kind of have an idea of both markets, having had experience both in India and the UK. So, um, and also another thing that I'd like to know is, like, what is your focus gonna be? Is it gonna be cricket? related football related because you're passionate about both sports so yeah so uh, ideally at the moment i don't want to move again so i would want to work in the uk first uh, i think that i would like to go ahead and do cricket a lot more than football because uh, what i'd like to say is that if i'm in the uk market right there's people who are my coursemates who watch football a lot longer than i have i started watching football in 2006 so, historically, I can't provide facts as well as they would be able to. My facts would have been researched or whatever, read. But they can provide first count information. So, I feel like it's important to be authentic as well. But I also know that my knowledge of cricket is way greater than, say, person X or Y. So, you have to play to your strengths. But that can be a door to enter. Also, what, are, what I've learned so far from my teachers is that you also have to be smart to get to football. 
necessary football journalism necessarily if that's the goal you don't have to start from football journalism because the, it's very cutthroat here football's the biggest sport in the uk so if you are here you would if you're starting out you i, I would suggest personally starting out in a niche sport for example that could be a uh, darts or pool or swimming anything like that you can always uh, later digress on to football but first you need to build an audience that's important because there's so many people the competition is so high that you need to start out from where your strengths lie or another sport where you can build a strength so you can't be a one sport man any anymore anyway because no company is going to employ you just for one sport so i would want to do cricket obviously but i realistically you'd have have to cover way more sports than just cricket so if i got that correctly what you're saying is essentially you specialize in a niche sport to kind of build your reputation as a journalist and then you can kind of move into a more heavily populated sport like football that, that is what i've been taught so far that uh, it's the easier way to survive in the industry because uh, is the smarter not easier rather smarter it's nothing is easy but is the smarter way to survive because uh, there's so much competition in the fo- in football here in the uk that uh unless you already have a massive audience it's difficult to get uh, a lot of opportunities unless you start at really small club so you start at a non league club or an co- a conference club where you build an audience that's my entire point you can't start at an arsenal you cannot start at a liverpool it's just not possible because all those clubs already have dedicated reporters who have been doing it for 15 20 years it's like me coming on and wanting to do cricket commentary when they already employ harsha bhogle who's been doing it for 25 years you can't just go from doing nothing to the ipl you have to build yourself up from being smaller things to going there so that's what it is so so while you talk about working in the uk uh you you have spoken many times about how you are more passionate about cricket um and your strengths lie within cricket you played cricket at the highest uh, at, a, at a very high level not the highest level but a very high level ouch still hurts <laughs> don't, don't. Uh, but um, india is though in my opinion the largest consumer of cricket in the world in terms of the number of people that watch it the the kind of passion for the sport it has the ipl things like that wouldn't it be like a natural place to come and work um, yeah. so in, the, in terms of how large the audience is having been involved with the ipl in a very small capacity when i was at star when i used to do live events i've seen how big it is there and how much money they put into production and to promote that sport the end goal is obviously to hopefully one day become a broadcaster for star sports in within the ipl so eventually that's the end goal but that's the top right so today i have to start somewhere so i have to build an audience hopefully one day i will get that opportunity but we don't know yet so what is the market would you say like for a person who would want to get into sports journalism uh, especially they are in india right now maybe um, if they want to continue staying in india and focus on india specifically what would you say the market is like you know uh, i spoke to shreesh who i mentioned before who works at espn cricket info uh, this is the exact question i put to him and he said the market's huge it's growing and because sports like pro kabaddi league the isl and are picking up olympics being next year olympics always brings a spike in people watching and taking interest in indian sports 
so he believe, uh, he said to me and i agree with him that uh, there is a big market and it's actually growing every year you see more and more people getting involved uh, the viewership with kabaddi increasing i think it's the second most watched sport uh, league so second most watched league in india behind ipl and it's very profitable from uh, so i think there is opportunity it's just structure structure wise i'm not exactly sure how structured it is but if someone really is ready to hustle and work hard i'm sure man there is a massive audience everyone almost every second person i know is a sports lover in india so even if cricket maybe may majority of them are cricket but even other than that there's football tennis hockey boxing so many sports we can get into again everyone has a niche every sport has a niche audience so there is audiences it's just that you need to find what's yours and own it in t- so you talk about like finding these niches and the, the again the question comes down to if, if someone wants to do it in india obviously those niches are less in number in terms of just like you said there are three major leagues which are which are profitable right which is the uh, ipl which is the most profitable the pro kabaddi league and the isl now is kind of uh, picking up right but in terms of these smaller uh, sports if you're passionate about boxing things like that um of course these niches aren't as well established i feel like the the problems start with like just establishment where they're not particularly well established they haven't grown as big markets so in terms of journalism from that perspective i feel like um it would be a problem but i, I do agree that with the ISL and pro kabaddi i've worked with the pro kabaddi in college we like we worked with um star uh, uh, who brought kind of these pro kabaddi players and we had like a full setup and they're extremely profitable and we met a bunch of journalists that just do pro kabaddi right yeah. like that is that is just i mean they don't do cover any other sports they just do pro kabaddi for star so i'm guessing the market is increasing there is a decent amount of people that watch these sports and and um, i think with the with the rise of pro kabaddi what we realize is pro kabaddi wasn't a sport that was like well established pre this pro kabaddi league but because reliance kind of put uh, put that kind of money in it yeah star right star kind of put that money in it and they marketed that well the, the, I, i feel like it's competitive spirit anything that is like people want to see sport and if it's well marketed i think it will always take is uh, i remember when i was at star they used to say kabaddi mr generation and it's because so kabaddi as a sport's always been popular in smaller towns as in india but the way it's been packaged now it just so the thing is you would watch something on tv for one or two reasons right one is either you love the sport second you find it entertaining to look at I think is kabaddi was not made look made to look glamorous when it was on TV previously which is why people grew out of it but now you see the way star does it they've got the lights they've got music and people coming on and they've got dubstep and all that playing and it's like they're trying to make it look cool to a younger audience and that's why people watch i went to a kabaddi game for star in mumbai and it was sold out like it, there was not a seat empty and that kind of gives you hope and i remember that was the year they had the first person who earned over a crore or something in kabaddi imagine 15 years ago thinking of kabaddi players earning more than a 1 crore or something that's unreal like it's so cool and the fact that people know who these people are now there is definitely a massive market for it it's still growing i think 
when i was at star it was the second most viewed as well as the second most profitable league uh, after ipl obviously but uh, see like that's what i feel like marketing for anything if you market it well it can grow not just kabaddi it can be like hockey hil i think it used to be called hockey india league when we were growing up we used to watch it used to be massive i remember i used to watch it every day but then it's kind of went downwards yeah, i hope that somebody picks it up and they market it properly because hockey as a sport so fast and so intense i can't even imagine people not liking it i just don't know why people wouldn't want to watch it it is it is a lot about packaging right like that that is yeah Yeah, well packaged. I mean, it draws audience. So, I mean, if you look at social media, if you look at things, I mean, sports in general in India is growing. So naturally, there are going to be more opportunities, right? But one challenge, I would, th- I'm not correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, if I one challenge that I have noticed for if you want to get into sports journalism or anything related, which is like off field, lot of positions are taken up by established personalities in the sense, like in cricket. it'll be a former player for example who can take up a role because they are just established tv personalities right so as an up and comer someone who's just in it for journalism purely i'm sure that would be a challenge right to upstage a person who's just you know established in the sport of course it's a challenge but then it's a different form of writing or reporting when a uh, someone established writes it uh, writes a report or uh, writes a match report or uh, does an interview they're doing it from an experience of their own right they're doing it they, and of course they have an advantage because they already know they already have an audience but doesn't mean that you or i can't do it because we've not played cricket or football at the highest level it just means that you have to be that much better than them it's like the there is still a mountain to climb but our mountain is bigger than their mountain because we have a lot we have that gap to pay, make up for and you can do that by becoming a better writer or better presenter like you look at gorav kapoor gorav kapoor has never played cricket or football anything at the professional level but his reporting and the way he the way he does his videos they're so catchy and so cool that people want to listen to him and the same with the jatin sapru who does the ipl on star sports or even if you watch uh, what's the name i'm forgetting the lady who used to anchor, who anchors ipl but it's not doing it this year उट working hard man nothing comes easy right so so the one thing that i've always been um, kind of that's kind of interested me is what do you think about so you keep talking about uh, sky sports and star and these big corporations that have dedicated writers and you kind of have to uh, work with them what do you think about freelance journalism how uh, how viable do you think that is as a career do you think people can be freelance sports journalists yeah of course why not like it's again individualistic so i like i'm someone who likes stability and i'm someone who likes knowing where my next paycheck is coming from so i wouldn't want to do freelance journalism because i don't think i'll be able to handle it 
but uh, it also comes with a lot of self discipline so if we, it is definitely a viable career option but you need to hustle get that uh, get that next job or uh, like next report out there you always need to have the self discipline of writing a report cause you are your own boss it takes a lot more than actually having a job but it's definitely it's a big audience because more more and more companies are hiring freelancers rather than employing people because they're trying to reduce overheads especially if you're a smaller sport like a niche sport uh for example you a uh, boxing or a ice hockey would not have a dedicated reporter it more more often than not not every time but they would take freelance people so if you specialize in ice hockey and you're writing freelance report for ice hockey you're more than likely to get more job opportunities than if you're writing freelance football because there is a lot of big, bigger chance that companies will have people writing football reports for them right um so moving on to like uh something that's super important is and why we have you here is what advice do you have for someone who's like let's say in school or maybe in college um that could that wants to maybe pursue sports journalism and is confused about it what advice would you give them like going into like into the world of sports journalism applying to I college think- I'd say do your research know what the best colleges are for you because not every college works for the everyone also don't go by rankings because i feel like sports journalism is an industry where uh, your work speaks for you end of the day when you're applying for a sports journalism job they're not looking at a university they're looking at a portfolio so don't go to university x or y because they rank higher than the other one on the Yeah, so basically, know where you want to be, X or Y university. Don't go by the rankings because you have to kind of understand what is better for you. And I get it. At eighteen, it's not easy to understand, but that's where research comes into play. Understand the course, what it's offering. Is that look at all the offerings? Think is that what you see yourself doing? Is it is the course practical enough? So that's one of the requirements I had. My course had to be practical. So my course has a job experience aspect of it. I wanted to be. having that work experience because there's no point of doing a masters and then going to a job and thinking oh i have no idea these are unfamiliar surroundings i just i'm just used to reading a book especially in sports journalism that does not work because it's such a practical industry you need to know your ins and out of the industry the terminology and stuff so doing the right research speaking to ex students is what i advise and give them um so anyway to wrap up thanks a lot viraj for being here Oh, it was no. great having you. I'm just gonna call my mom and tell her I made it. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure we'll get you on again at least for the Think Sports Extra podcast. We can talk about football or the Premier League again. But oh, yeah. always great having you on the podcast, man. Um, for our viewers uh, or our listeners, um, check us out on all our podcast channels. Go like and subscribe. Um, also check us out on all our social media platforms. Um, just a reminder, Viraj has a podcast called Premier League Central. Check that out on YouTube. He does some great content. Him and his co-hosts about the Premier League and our match day live type content. Um, anyway, thanks for listening.